Welcome to the Strategic Aesthetics Beyond the Physique podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Woodyard. Whether your goal is to dominate the stage or reach a healthy body composition, it comes down to a culmination of habits. Here we're going behind the scenes to uncover what these habits look like in real life. What's up, everybody? Thank you for being here. Today we're going to talk about setting the stage for contest prep. But before we get into it, I have a guest. Today I'm joined by Tatiana King. She's a multiple-time nationally qualified bikini competitor. She's a bikini posing coach, a former college cheerleader. She lights up the room and one of my best friends. Thank you for being here, Tatiana. Thank you for having me, Trevor. What a what a like phenomenal introduction. Hey, I know a little bit about <laughs> you. I'm happy to have you here. Well, I'm glad I'm happy to be here. I actually didn't know we were recording today, but yeah, you know, I thought I would surprise you. You know, the plan was to come here and get this set up, but, um, you know, I like to move quick. So. Just a wizard. Just mastered yeah. it yourself. And yeah. You're like, hey, show up and talk. Yeah, I got some show notes. <laughs> Let's just go over it. Love it. Um, so today I want to talk a little bit about setting up your life for contest prep, uh, because I think a lot of people can benefit from from this year because you can take the right person in the wrong time. And, and they won't be their best on stage. Um, so taking some time and, and really analyzing uh, your life and making sure everything's set up for contest prep is pretty important. Um, so first thing I wanted to talk about is relationships. Um, and I know this is this is a, a tough one for both of us, but it's a saucy uh, topic. Yeah, <laughs> very saucy. So relationships in your daily life. Um, so that's relationships with. Uh, your significant other, your family, um, and your network and your friends around you. So, Tatiana, what do you have to say about relationships and, and how to set that up? So, oh my gosh, that's I feel like that's such a loaded question. <laughs> um, the thing is, you know, when you're when you're going into your first prep, especially your first prep, I think, because it seems like at least for myself, I don't know if you had the same experience. A lot of my family and friends were kind of skeptical when I was going through my first prep. They didn't quite understand why I was, you know, bringing Tupperware food with me everywhere. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of difficult, um, I guess, to relay that message to them as to why you're doing what you're doing, especially if you've never stepped on stage before. Whereas once it's become the norm, I think it's a little bit easier, if that makes sense to kind of set those standards. Um, as far as like, that's, that's more so on the family side of things. So kind of just getting them on board with everything. And there's going to be times where, you know, your family members aren't supportive. Um, my grandmother specifically is not very supportive of me being a bodybuilder. She says that I, um, you know, I'm too skinny and she's like, I hate seeing you starve yourself. And I'm like, grandma, just understand that. Like I chose this for myself. Like I'm choosing to starve myself. Like such a first world sport you know what i mean <laughs> it, it really is it's a privilege to be starving ourselves exactly. but in, in truly even in the starvation we're still pretty well nourished oh yeah all, all around you know oh, yeah and we're uh, supplementing with you know different supplements and vitamins and stuff and it's yeah, not like we're completely malnourished like this it's a very calculated it is uh, it's a calculated risk yeah ultimately and absolutely it's hard to get the family on board 
But yeah, like, I think like it was said, harder for family for me than it was for my relationship. I mean, um, well, you know, Dominic, like we were we were dating. I think I was four weeks out when yeah. we started dating. So, I mean, he had already seen me go through my prep because we were working together at the gym. So he had already seen and he was a wrestler. So he understands like well, he understands the cutting part of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Dom's no slouch either. So no, he's a <laughs> gym uh, rat himself. Yeah, he is. So he, he's he an understands the lifestyle. Yeah, don't let him hear you say that. But oh, I'm gonna honestly, it's my goal to get him on stage one day. He says yeah. he's like, I don't want to do it, but I'm like, no, you owe me. Yeah, you owe me a yeah. prep. <laughs> actually, he does. Actually, let's put that on the record because yeah. he did tell you at North Coast that he if made you a placed bet. in like the top three, was it? Yeah, I think that so. he would do his prep. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, so he owes you one. So I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into yeah. when he did that because I won my class. <laughs> Yep. Actually, it was him and Jerry Wagner. He actually made the bet with Jerry. So, Oh, man. Yeah, Dominic, if you're listening, you owe us a prep. Yep. <laughs> but I think um, – so let's go into, like, romantic relationships now yeah. because I think that when people hear relationships, that's the first thing that comes to their mind is yeah. what is it like being in a romantic relationship. And you know as well as I do how – Romantic relationships take so much of your time and your energy, right? Because you have to you have to continuously fill up your significant others. Um, I call it the love cup. Yeah. So you have to continuously fill their cup. Well, what happens when you're four weeks out, two weeks out, and yeah. at that point, existing is a chore. Let alone like you know trying to go do something fun. You know, you, your date nights kind of get put to a screeching halt. Definitely. Right? Anything definitely. that's centered around food, obviously. Yeah. Ultimately, your life is centered around food. For me, it was all about communication there. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the beginning of prep, I really struggled with it. I was, um, I didn't want to admit to Megan that I was having a rough time, you know? I <laughs> well, was yeah, like, no, no, I'm totally man. fine. I'm fine, right? And then it was getting in the way of our relationship because at night, I'm sitting here being boring on the couch, like half dead, mm-hmm. but I'm telling her that I'm fine, yeah. right? And so she's like, well my love cup's not getting full basically mm-hmm. and you're telling me that you're fine so then essentially that leads to you're just choosing not to love me the way you used to you know and yeah. then for me like it was i really had to communicate like okay all right what can we do i'm completely exhausted when are you going to get home from work i'm going to take an, a nap and then we're going to take the meal prep we're going to go get a paddle boat and eat dinner on like sippo lake or something yeah um and that i learned towards the end of my prep was just really how to manage my energy to make her a priority because it was much more difficult to to maintain that but um at the same time when i was able to open up to her and just tell her that i was you know dying she uh, you yeah know, she was able to just you know uh kind of counsel me through that and explain you know this is part of it and uh this i knew this was coming and she said that just being in it was definitely part of it but she also knows my character and i was just gonna wake up and, and make it through tomorrow again anyway yeah so um just I having like that's her where to, you look for support too. Yeah. You look for that support in your significant other to say, babe, hey, guess what? You're two weeks out. You got this. Like, just keep going, you know? Yeah, that, that little bit of support goes a long way. Yeah. And then you at least don't feel like you have that, you're failing them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Knowing that's, that they support yeah. you. Just that's a massive stress load to come off of that. So, well, I think it's honestly, um, and me and Dominic have kind of talked about this, and we kind of, you know, Obviously, you know how my prep went this year. It was a very difficult prep for me. I had a lot of issues going on. Um, You know, Dominic and I were having our own issues in our relationship as well. 
Um, but even outside of that, I mean, I, I thought I had a lot of things together and I didn't realize how many things still really needed my attention as far as like my work life, my, my personal life, my mental health. Yeah. I just kind of um, overestimated how much you actually had going on. Yeah. And I think that it's a good idea. And I think that at least the next time around, you know, have a good deep conversation with your significant other. Once, obviously once your coach gives you that, that green light, right. You know, having a good conversation and saying, Hey, you know, it's, it's that time again, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about time to start prep again, you know? And I feel like, you know, the first few weeks of prep, I think are pretty easy for most of us. I think we're fine. We're just, I don't know about you, yeah. but truthfully, when I hit like the eight weeks in, right. So usually my preps are 16 to 20 weeks. When I get about halfway through my prep, I feel like I have the best energy. I don't know about you, but like, yeah, for me, you're when almost- I lose... When you add all that cardio in, you do just feel better, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're not to the point where you're depleted yet. Yeah. And then you really do start to look good. So then yeah. it, it's more fun, you know? Yeah. And it's funny because I, I feel like I feel almost more energetic about halfway yeah. through my prep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, I feel like someone who's not going through it at that point in time, they're kind of just watching. They're an outsider looking in, right? Even if they live with you, they're not experiencing it in the way that you are. You know, they, they probably see all of that energy and, you know, they see you and you're, you're doing everything you need to do. You're, you know, on top of your stuff. And then, you know, two, three weeks later, you're like, damn, I feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. like, whoa. Like, it, it kind of hits you like a you brick that wall. wall. Like, mm-hmm. So I think just, you know, as far as relationships goes, to wrap that up, I would say have a deep conversation with your significant other. Set the expectations. Now, that's not, in my opinion, that's not an excuse to, to be an asshole, right? So once you're, even if you are two weeks out, like that's not an excuse to be an asshole, but I guess more so just asking for grace in certain things. You know, if you're tired, you know, uh, one thing a lot of people don't talk about sex drive gets low sometimes, Yeah. you know, sometimes now I personally, I have not experienced that specifically, but I know a lot of people that causes issues in their relationship because their sex drive is extremely common. And Mm -hmm. then especially for a, a male, um, there's a certain point in the contest prep where things just don't function the way they did. Yeah. Um, and unless you have that conversation, uh, it could be interpreted as, you know, you don't find me attractive or anything like that, but really it's just a physiological situation. Your body's just under so much stress. Mm-hmm. It can't even think about reproducing at the moment. It's, it's focused on staying alive. So, um, but ultimately, I think we nailed it there. It comes yeah. down to communication and then setting setting up expectations. And setting boundaries, too. And then setting boundaries, Setting boundaries, sure. too, because there will be a point in time where, you know, you have to protect your own energy. You can only pour so much from your own cup. And when you're depleted and you're, you know, you've been in prep for 16 weeks already and you feel like shit all the time, you only have, like, your energy is so finite, you know? Yeah. So it's like you, you do have to be very strategic about your time management, whether it be scheduling your workouts at a specific time, like, you know, or, um, you know, your work schedule. Sometimes you have to adjust your work schedule. Just, you know, you have to kind of, um, you have to set that boundary and set the expectation for your significant other. So that way, when you get to that point, cause most of us do, um, you know, that way, when you get to that point, they, they already know what to expect. It's not a surprise to them and it's not creating any tension between the two of you. Right. Right. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is finances. And this is something that I find is typically underestimated by most beginner athletes or first-time athletes. Um, And so when we're talking about the finances, you have the cost of a coach. Um, 
and really that's going to be the smaller of the things that, that you're paying for if you're doing it right. Um, you're going to have supplementation, whether you're enhanced or natural. That's going to be a significant. Um, Morphogen code. Yeah. Strategic and code Tati. Yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Morphogen <laughs> nutrition. Sorry, I had to drop that in there. Of course. Uh, yeah, Morphogen nutrition, uh, the best supplements out there. Um, okay, and then you've also got the entry fees, um, the food. You've got the, the posing coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the suit, uh, the NPC card. There's quite a bit. That Tan, you don't heels, think of hair, that, makeup. Yeah, show day <laughs> stuff just gets really expensive. Um, did you budget out? I have to ask you really quick. Did you budget out your season this year? Do you know about how much you spent? So all in all, in my 20 weeks of prep, and I'm excluding food here, mm-hmm. um, it cost me just around $4,000. Um <laughs> and that was over 20 weeks. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a male. So what that didn't include was hair. That didn't include nails. It didn't include a thousand dollar posing suit. Mm-hmm. Um, Can so, I tell you? Yeah. So obviously I didn't step on stage this year, but I had budgeted out from like between my three shows about how much I would have spent. Um, mind you, I would have been traveling from, you know, so North Coast would have been local. Yeah. A couple hundred dollars for a hotel, hundred dollars yep. for the tan. I already had my suit paid for. Um, but when I did roundabout, now this was not including my prep. Okay. This is just travel costs, um, show day weekend things. This doesn't include any type of enhancements um, or anything of that nature. Um, food or supplements. This is just travel costs. Would have been roughly $6,000. Yeah. I would have been yeah. traveling from Ohio to um, Chattanooga, Tennessee, had I done Junior Nats. And then, depending on how Junior Nats went, I would have also traveled to um, uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, for Universe. Those those were my three shows that I had planned. Yeah, just travel. So travel. Fees. I mean, so with your, you said you spent about four thousand dollars, and then about six thousand. So about ten thousand dollars for a season, start yeah. to finish. Yeah. Roughly. So, and some things that uh, people overlook is like the food along the way, the posing. Um, what happens if you need blood work? You know, so you can budget out uh, what your minimum costs are. But the thing is, you don't want to go into it with a bare minimum mindset. Because if you're going to go into a contest prep, you're going up against everybody else who's doing everything that they can to to bring the best physique there. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to match that, then you're really better off spending some time in an off season and saving up for when you can. Well, and why would you half-ass it either? Like yeah. some people are in such a rush to get onto the stage that they, they just rush everything and they just right. want to get there when it's like, wouldn't you rather be there and know that you have done everything that you can, whether it be yeah. your PEDs and your training or your supplementation or your suit, like, you know? Yeah. And you know? so from a coach's perspective, when you tell an athlete like, Hey, listen, like, here's X, Y, and Z blood work. I need you to get this pulled because we're seeing some weight loss uh, plateaus here. So my options are now like to either pull food or add cardio or somehow make that a larger deficit uh, to basically cover up an underlying issue. So in the meantime, the faster you get that blood work done, the faster we can get this handled, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're worried about the finances of, oh, shit, you know, I have to spend this. And then what about this supplement that I might, you know what I mean? Now we're just losing progress and time. Yep. Um, 
So if, if we identify an issue on a Friday and it takes you till the following Friday to even get your bloods pulled, then you know what I'm saying? That's a week lost. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, there's people moving past you. So, I mean, then also remind you, it takes another almost a week for blood work to get back. I think mine took five business days, but there was a weekend in between there. So it was about a week before I got back. Yeah. Depending on, on where you go and what you get pulled, it can be quite a bit. Um, I think it's crazy. Like, Honestly, this is such a good topic, um, not to cut you off, but this is such a good topic. I have a posing client that I'm working with currently and, you know, I, I help mentor my girls too, because her coach is a man and I feel like he's not giving her some of the things that she, the guidance that she needs to get on stage. Yeah. Not that it matters that, that he's a man, but I think sometimes men can easily forget, Hey, you also have to plan for your hair, your nails, your makeup, yeah. you know, um, your suit because men's suits are a lot less they're expensive lot, yeah, than more like 68 bucks yeah um so she told me her budget for her suit was 200 dollars. so i think we the, need to extend our time frame yeah and make a larger budget well i was actually fortunate enough one of my teammates was actually selling a suit for 175 and it was a green suit which is kind of what we were lo- looking for so i mean luckily we were able to pull that for her and like we were able to snag that but yeah. I, I told her i when she said 200 dollars, my heart dropped because i was like oh honey like a good suit, like a quality suit, you're going to be looking at $600. And like it, it makes a difference on stage. It does. You, know? you can tell. You can absolutely tell. Like, you know, Toxic Angels or the Angel Competition bikinis and, mm-hmm. and um, your friend. Lauren. Lauren. Velatina is yeah, her, she, her bikini. They, they all use really quality crystals. And you can see in the stage photos how they shine. Yeah. And, you know, it, it sounds like a small detail, but... Every detail is important <laughs> in not. bodybuilding. Like bodybuilding, no matter what division, it's, it's going to be, it's detail oriented. Let me tell you, when I was at North, so I was at North Americans, that happened just this past weekend, right? Yeah. I saw so many girls with amazing physiques. I mean, I, obviously, I mean, you're at the national level, yeah, so most of these girls are going up against each other for their pro card. They're, they're really, you know, shredded, amazing physiques, but I can't tell you um, some of the suits. And I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be too specific about anything. Cause I don't want to make anyone feel bad if they would hear this, but you know, let, I just want to say it's very obvious who went above and beyond when it came to choosing their suit color, their suit cut, their design. Um, it's, it's just, it's very important. Like you yeah. can't just go, you can't go to your local store and grab a, a normal bikini. And truthfully, I blame the coaches. Yeah. Um, you it, know, it, and, it's a coach's job. It is. I mean, it's the athlete's job to do their research as well. Like you should also be doing your research, but it is a coach's job. Like if you're going to coach somebody and let them get that far, you know, you, you've dieted so hard all this time. You are at the national level. You have a pro level physique and you get this bikini that it just, it's so distracting. It, yeah. you know, the color is distracting or the cut, it just doesn't look right. You need to be working with professionals. Yeah. I'm, it's a continuous learning process and your coach should be looking for other mm-hmm. advice from other uh, mentors Guidance. as well. You know, just so that's something that I'm working more and more actively with my athletes with is, hey, like I really do want to see the bikini that you're choosing because I want to make sure that the fit fits you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have had that experience in the past where the physique was top notch, but um, the suit just wasn't the there. The suit, the suit cut. Uh, made the physique look just a little more boxier than it, than it was, and it it could cost some placing. So, um, yeah. making sure you have the right cut for you is is a big thing. Um, so finances really just plan for it. 
um, lay out a budget and then add about 20%. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's things that come up, you know, yeah. travel costs. I mean, hotels, like, I mean, unless you book your hotel, like, right you know, right at the beginning of your prep, which I would not recommend doing because sometimes things happen and you end up not being able to go to that show or maybe you're not ready in time. You don't want to end up losing out on money either. If you have a decent um, return policy on the hotel, then then I think you can get away with that. Um, But as far as the registration fees, I mean, you should go into prep and be like, I think I'm going to do maybe A show or maybe B show, you know, two different potentials. And then once you're actually close enough to determine a realistic time frame, then that, that's the way you ultimately yeah, should prep. Don't book your show until I yeah. would say, truthfully, I would say like two weeks out, unless there's like a late fee. Sometimes there's a late fee. If yeah. you're like positive, if you're four weeks out and you're shredded and you know that you're ready, then book it. But like, if there's a slight chance that you might be 1% off, in my opinion, I wouldn't book it. Yeah, I'd that's, agree. That's just my personal opinion, though. You know, you don't you want to bring your best. You don't want to be forced into a show because you already paid for it. You know what I mean? Agreed. You'd rather bring yeah. a, You know what I mean? You'd rather bring an elite physique to the stage rather than being like, eh, we kind of made it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we barely made it. <laughs> I made it as good as I can in this time frame yeah. where the, the time frame doesn't have to be a time frame because there's shows, like, every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. So the schedule, your daily schedule, I think this plays a huge factor that people don't think about. Um, So what do you have going on from a day-to-day basis that is going to affect your prep? Because realistically, you're going to be lifting five days a week. You're going to be doing cardio potentially six, maybe even seven days a week. I was doing cardio seven days a week. Potentially even twice a day. Twice a day I was doing seven days a week. You know, and and if your schedule just doesn't allow for that, and it's just going to push, you know, so you can only handle so much load or so so much stress called your allostatic load. It's basically how much outside stimulus you can handle. And if you have, uh, you know, two jobs, three kids that are in, in sports, and, you know, all these things going on, that is adding your allostatic load and it's going to take away from your cardio and your training intensity. Um, and it's something that, you know, fatigue management ultimately is the game of, of contest prep. So um, some things in your life uh, that take up a lot of time, uh, make sure you're able to prioritize those or get that into kind of a routine. What would you say about the scheduling? I would say, honestly, you're spot on with that. Um, you know, there's definitely, so, you know, obviously I have my son, Skylar, he's six. And fortunately at the time that I was in prep this year, I, he wasn't in sports or anything. I just had to get him to school. Um, and his dad, you know, his dad and I have a really good, healthy working relationship. We co-parent very well. And I'm so fortunate for that. Yeah. That Um, comes down to setting up your relationships. Exactly. I was just going to say it ties right back. Um, but you know, his dad is very supportive of me being a bodybuilder. He's extremely supportive. Actually, he was honestly, I think he was more upset when I told him I wasn't competing this year than I was. He was like upset with me about it, you know? Um, but you know, setting up your schedule. I mean, I was working, so I was working full time. Um, and I was working five days a week. I was also driving 30 minutes to commute to work. So, I mean, and I won't give a whole breakdown of my schedule, but I mean, I was awake from 530 AM until midnight every single night. So I was running, pretty much on five and a half hours of sleep just about every single night. Yeah, Um, sleep is so important. Oh, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, sleep quality also gets worse the deeper you are into prep. And, you know, for a while it didn't bother me. I I thrive in routine. I'm the kind of person – I am like – I get bored if I'm not always doing something. Um, 
So it was really, really hard for me, um, even on my days off, like for me to just sit down and just relax. Really? Like I would try to take, yeah. So Sundays and Tuesdays were my days off, um, okay. back in that period of time. Um, and like Tuesdays I would just lay there and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take a nap. And then I'm like, oh my God, I have to do laundry. I have to do dishes. I have to meal prep. Like my brain would just start racing, you know? And I think truthfully, I'm actually very good with time management for the most part. I mean, there's always, you know, there's times, especially when you have kids, um, there's always something that could go wrong and throw you 10 minutes off. But for the most part, I'm very diligent about my time schedule because my time is valuable to me. Um, Especially when I'm in prep, I'm extremely strict about my, my schedule because if something throws it off, it throws off my entire day. So time management, you know, that's like Trevor said, I mean, if you need to, before you even go into a prep, you need to have a very structured um, workout schedule. So your training, if you have cardio, you need to be able to fit that in. That needs to go, um, you know, along with planning everything else. What, you know, because your cardio can and will increase. So my first prep, I did 30 minutes of stairs. My entire prep did not go up once. By the end of my last prep, I was doing three hours of cardio. Um, And I was walking, so it was lower intensity. Kev wanted me doing lower intensity, but what he didn't understand, and, and I guess this was a conversation that he and I should have had, my concern with that was because of my time. Because my days were so long between work and lift and momming and all that stuff, it was yeah. it was time consuming. So at that point in time is when I realized like, whoa, this was not the time for me to prep, and that's yeah. my fault because you're, I, I needed to be on a better schedule. I needed more free time. Um, so I mean, that's my fault for not communicating that. And at one point I did, but at that point it was it was very very late in prep when I realized I'm like I can't be doing three hours of cardio a day. I'm already only sleeping five and a half hours. Right. Like let me start waking up at four to do my cardio now. You know, and that's, but you have to figure out what works for you. You have to be able to plan your, your schedule. If you have a more flexible schedule, if you are, you know, working from home and you have a flexible schedule, then that's great. But if you are working a job, like you said, two jobs, you know, being structured um, and very careful with your time management skills, because you also have to schedule time to relax too. Yeah. Like that's, that's, a, that's something mm-hmm. that I, I truly, so I've had clients where, I'm trying to explain to them like, Hey, we don't need to add more cardio. We don't need to add more training. I literally just want you to sleep more or take a nap. Yeah. Right. And they tell me that they don't have time for it. Well, I'm like, okay, well I removed a cardio session from your training this week to give you time to get some more sleep. And you're filling that with something else. So that's not telling me it's, you don't have the time. You're telling me that you're just addicted to stimulus and uh, guilty. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, so contest prep is a time, especially to really not take on the extras because what you're doing is takes all of your attention. Yeah, um, and it is a little selfish, but it is what it is. But it's only for a short period of time. It's for a short period of time. That's what I think people forget, and it's like you know, obviously, you know, you and I are both in an improvement season right now. Yeah. And we're both still very regimented with our meals, with our training, but it's in prep, it's just times like a thousand. Yeah, right. And ultimately it comes down to communicating before and, and making the most out of each phase. So yeah. uh, like my clients right now that are in an improvement season, I'm telling them like, okay, we're going to reduce cardio. And instead of that cardio session, I want you to take your girlfriend and her daughter out. You yeah. know what I mean? Go get Enjoy ice cream. Life. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when we get into prep, you're not going to have those times. So right mm-hmm. now is the time for that. Oh, my gosh. You're going to think this is so cute. Um, 
I remember it was it was shortly after it was right after I had the conversation with Kev that I don't think I could make it to the stage this year because um, I just I had too much going on and like I said if we need to do another episode about that one day we can but I just had too much going on I I overloaded myself a lot more than I should have some of it was you know in my control some of it was not um, but it was funny because when you know when I had Skylar the following day. He looks at me and goes, Mommy, are you still in prep? Can we go get Froyo together? Because, oh. like, I would take him to go get Froyo, and yeah. I would just sit there and watch him eat it. <laughs> and it was just, it was funny, because he, he looked at me as soon as I picked him up from school, and he goes, Mommy, are you still in prep, or can we get Froyo together? And I'm like, oh, my God, baby, we can go get Froyo. <laughs> yeah, of course, we can go <laughs> you know? get Froyo. It's so Anytime. funny, though, because he's six, and he understands that. Like, yeah. It, that goes along with the schedule thing, too, but... You know, when I'm not in prep, me and Sky, we'll stay up late. We'll stay up till 10 or 11 watching a movie or something because that's our snuggle time. You yeah. know, but when I'm in prep, you know, he knows, hey, we're going to bed early tonight. You know, mommy's going to bed at nine o'clock. So, but it's, it's just funny. Bedtime. It's funny, though, because he's six and he just understands. So. That's cool. Yeah, I'm lucky. So ultimately with the schedule, I think it comes down to planning ahead um, and really prioritizing what you need in your schedule and using that contest prep time as the priority, you know, prioritizing the contest prep as number one during that. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is program adherence, um, in contest prep, not being the factor that's just going to unleash a new version of you. Um, because <laughs> frankly, if you're not hitting the gym consistently, you're not following your protocol, um, contest prep is not going to flip that switch in you. Um, so like you said, like the first few weeks of contest prep is basically just improvement season with a little bit less food and slightly more cardio oh, yeah. because it's not that big of a mental shift if you're already hitting your food. Um, so honestly, what's funny is I was eating so much in my last improvement season yeah. that I was excited to start cutting my food. I can honestly say it was not like that um, after a few weeks, but the first yeah. few weeks I was like, thank God he's dropping my food. Cause I was like force feeding. You're stuffed. I was force feeding. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. I was drinking a lot of my calories. Like I was making like loaded protein shakes just to hit macros. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I feel that in my soul. I'm almost it's all part there of the now. Fun. It is part of the fun. But then remember that when you're like two weeks out and your stomach's trying to eat your yeah. back and you're like, I wish I still had that. Food. I wish I had, you know, I wish I had, was looking at my macros and said, oh, shit, I still have 2,000 calories to eat, you know? Yep. These are um, the good old days. Yeah. So um, basically with program adherence, contest prep is not going to be the factor that changes it. Um, and if that is your mindset, I'd say, then, you know, fix that. <laughs> yeah, before you try to prep. Yeah, before you try to prep. Because so. it's, all it's going to do is just it's going to exhaust you. Yeah. So. If you're not already doing those things, imagine how exhausted you would be if you were like, hey, you know, I, I lift like twice a week. And, you know, if I came to you and I said, hey, I lift like twice a week right now, I, you know, I, I eat, you know, I hit my protein goals, you know, two or three days out of the week. Yeah. But we're going to have to stack some, stack some habits before we even think about a contest yeah. prep. That goes yeah. along with the structure, too, and the schedule. Yep. Just being able to time management. And that doesn't mean that, like, you can't ever do a prep if that's where you are. You know what I mean? Like, that just means that we have some things to work on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's not to discourage anybody to say that they can't ever be uh, a competitor. That just we're listing out some of the things that, that you need to have down pat if you want to do well. And working with a coach, too, is, I mean, that's why, in my opinion, you should always take an off-season with your coach first. Yeah. Because Agreed. it helps you build those habits. And then when you go into the prep, it's not 
like, oh my gosh, like you said, like flipping a switch and you're a new person. It's like, oh, I'm doing the same things. Just like you said, like a little bit more cardio, a little bit less food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for the coach, I mean, I think the coach is going to give you a much better contest prep if he knows your body a little bit. So like if, if I have three to four months to work with somebody on a meal plan, I can learn what carbs work with them, what fats work with them, what proteins they like. Um, and then I can really start to manipulate their body the way they want to in the, in the contest prep because, um, everybody is so individual. Um, and giving a coach an opportunity to learn you before prepping you is a pretty big advantage. And really, I think you should be working with a coach, I mean, all year round, um, if you want to continue to do well um, and continue to make improvements. Because bodybuilding is just, it's a, no matter what your division is, it's a matter of phases. Yeah. And having that. We all go through the same phases. Yeah. It's just, it looks different on everybody. Yep. Um, question for you have you ever done a power list before have power you ever list. heard of power listing i actually I live off of power listing yeah yeah so i power list through my reminders but mm-hmm. so I, but it's in my phone that way i can check them off yeah but yeah so first Sample thing school, i write it down on a notepad oh, okay. yeah um so i run my life off of that shit because yeah. of uh it, it gives me my priorities. And then yep. it also allows me to give it priority, like low, medium, and high. Okay. So then so I you, can. You're getting like. Yeah. Like I get a little wild complicated. with it. Yeah. You're going crazy with it. You, do you color code it? Um, my folders are color coded. Oh, see, so like I knew I have, it. I, yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. I have, you know, I have my power list for check-ins and my power list for like the grocery That's list. That's the way to do it though. And like what the dogs need. And Can you, so since you also power list, so I actually started picking up my power listing habit when I was in prep. I had never done that before, but I found that it helped me so much more to have a list of my non-negotiables. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the things that I absolutely must do. So like cardio every morning, I have my treadmill in my living room, right? So that was the first thing, even though I knew I already had to do it, it was a non-negotiable. So it was on my power list. Now my power list usually consisted of like my top five main priorities. So it would be like, you know, do my cardio, um, get ready for work. And then I would work, I would lift in the evenings. Right. So then I would have cardio work, lift cardio. And then I had one other thing that I needed to do. So whether it be like dishes or meal prep, sometimes I would add like a sixth thing on there or add like sub points, you know, but for the, you know, for the most part, I had five main things that I had to get done that day because I felt like if you're like me and I feel like you are, it can be easy when you have a whole to-do list of things and you're like almost scatterbrained in order. Overwhelmed. Yeah. You get overwhelmed and you're like, I don't know where to start with this. Whereas when you have a power list, you're like, as long as I get these five things done, I can do little tasks in between, but these are the non-negotiables, you know, hitting my macros, my cardio, you know, lifting. That's I was, I was curious to know if you'd ever done that before. Cause it was something new for me this year. And I love it. I have a few different power lists, let's call it, but it's all (laughs) under one on my reminders. Mm -hmm. So, but they're all just sectioned out by like, uh, stuff for work. So coaching, obviously there's quite a different things. And then I have, uh, like some content non non negotiables, right? Mm-hmm. So like three times a week, it'll show up. That I gotta post something, and then it'll hang over my <laughs> Here head. We go again, Instagram as unchecked yeah. until I do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here we go again. It gives you, you like a sense of accomplishment, though. Once you get to check that off your list, yes. you're like, cool. That's another thing I you know knocked off my list. Yep. You know? And then I had my own individual prep right checklist, which was like, and then that was you know cardio. Uh, 
supplements and yeah. you know everything else you know it, it just felt great to have those checked off and once i had my training my cardio my supplements and like half of my food done mm-hmm. like because my water was almost at two gallons a day so like yeah. after i had that first gallon and a half done like i actually had two separate water goals it was a gallon and a half and then a half gallon Okay. So I could check one off and feel like... Just to make you feel better. <laughs> just make me feel better. Like, yeah. Yes, gallon and a half down. A gallon and a half. Now I only have my evening half gallon. Okay. All <laughs> my right. evening half gallon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Water on the rocks. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'll have a melted <laughs> snowman, please. Melted snowman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, and then another one. This is for going to be uh, for returning competitors. So, multiple times. So... Was your off-season productive enough to warrant a contest prep? So just because it's the next season doesn't mean that you have to compete this season. So if you go into contest prep and you compete and we get feedback that we need to grow delts, we need to grow glutes, and we need to come in a little bit more conditioned, then we need to make sure that those changes happened before we go through another contest prep or else we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment. Now, if the only thing that needed to change was a little bit of conditioning, then sure. But um, most people just, don't get that feedback, though. Most people get feedback that they need to grow. Yeah, they need opinion, to grow something from what I've seen or another. Yeah, I mean that's the same feedback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, was your off season productive enough to warrant another contest? Break? And just to clarify too, um, especially if you're a newer competitor, even if you have stepped on stage before, an off season or improvement season does not mean like six months like you need more than that because you got to think like eight to ten weeks of that is reversing alone right you have to like i I feel like that's the thing is everyone's in such a rush and i get it because oh my gosh being on stage like and you know what i'm talking about too like it's it's so empowering it is exhilarating that's a good way to put it and i think people get so caught up in the glam of the stage that they forget like you have to but you have to put work in to get there. Yeah, I gotta you know? build something here. Like I took a year and a half off before I prepped um, from my first season to my most recent prep. And then even what's funny is that, and I mean, I grew a lot. Like I mean, you've seen my pictures. You remember my before and after. I mean, yeah. I grew a lot of muscle. Significant. And delts. what's funny is like even when I was, in, yeah, you know, you gotta have delts. Um, but you know, what's funny is like when I was in prep, I would look at my pictures and say, I need to grow more. And yeah. I feel like everyone kind of gets there. And bikini, there's a very fine line of being yeah, overly well, muscular and right. not, you know. But, you know, that's the thing, though. Some people want to prep year after year, and you can't do that. Like, you, you're not going to no. – you. let's put it this way. You can do that, but you're not going to place well. You're not going to – You can't do that unless and you have, continue like, to climb the ladder. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like, if you enjoy – the beer league softball team and you want to go play softball every year, then go ahead. That's kind of the equivalent. But if you want to move up the ranks and you want to move from the regional to the nationals to compete potentially and and earn your pro card and and beyond, right, then it's going to take improvement seasons. And like you said, there's, it's not six months. Your first like three weeks post show is basically just getting you back to life. And then another, yeah, right. And then now you have another six to eight weeks on top of that where you're bringing food up to a maintenance level. And if you're, if you're a woman, now we got to get your menstrual cycle back on track. Hormones. Hormones with females are so much more complicated too. So that's not included in your off season time, right? So if you don't spend that time repairing your hormones, you're not going to be in a position to grow. And if you don't have that time to grow, 
then you're not going to be set up for that next contest prep. So the first, you know, eight weeks of that is going to be repairing. And then we need to go through a push phase and then it, it, and keep phasing through it. Mm-hmm. So um, it takes a good 12 to 16 months between, in my opinion, at least, depending on your feedback. But Yeah, no, I um, agree completely. Um, I had a question for you and I lost it. Sorry. <laughs> that happens to me all okay. the time. No, I had a question for you. Um, I guess... Never mind. It, I'm sorry. It slipped my mind. Okay. okay. All right. We'll move on. If it comes back, I'll, if I'll let you know. Yep. Okay. So just another couple things that I think I'll dive into further in, in another episode mm-hmm. is are you physically ready to compete? Um, so I wanted this one to be mostly about your daily life and setting that up, you know, in the terms of relationships, finances, schedule, program adherence, and was your off-season productive enough? But there's some things to consider as far as your metabolism, digestion, hormones, and health markers. Is your body fat within a reasonable range? And then do you even have the shape required? Not do you even, that sounded pretty condescending. But do you have the shape required for the division that you're going for? So that's an honest question. I don't think that sounds question. condescending at all. Honestly, well, I don't. I said, do you even have? Do you, you know, even? Do like, you do you even, even lift, yeah. bro? Yeah, no, but do you have <laughs> the, the shape that's required for the division? Because... It is, I mean, it's subjective, but it's also objective. They have the criteria. Do you meet it or not? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, too. I notice a lot of times with, like, regional, uh, mostly at the regional level, but, like, bikini girls, they have very, very little muscle. Like, and, you know, the thing is, is I think a lot of the pictures of, like, like bikini pros, I think they look bigger on stage. Like in pictures, they look massive. And, you know, because like you see them and you're like, whoa, I'm still small compared to them. They're a lot smaller than what they look, but they still have the round bubbly muscle, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Because I think a lot of girls, they think that because they're bikini that they don't have to train hard, you know, or they think that they should just step on stage. And it's like you, you still need a lot of muscle because it's not just about getting skinny, if that makes sense. if you look at the divisions... Oh, if you look at the bikini division over the last ten years. Oh my gosh, these girls. We're are not jacked getting yet. any smaller. No. No. Nope. These girls are jacked. Have you? Do you know who Kayla Ashworth is? Yes. Okay. So, yeah. She's. I, I honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I want her to cross into figures so bad because she's got bomb genetics. Like, she's yeah, jacked. She's incredible. Like, absolutely jacked. Yeah. I want her to do figure because I think she would like. She power did. Some of these girls. Um. She's. I watched one of her uh, YouTube videos, and I actually refer it out to. A lot of first-time competitors where oh, really? she says, are you ready to compete? Where she breaks a lot of this stuff down. Oh, so, yeah. Love and, Kayla Ashworth. Yeah, she's she's awesome. so cool. So, I would love to plug. meet her in person one day. Kayla, what's up? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if she ever hears this, hi, Kayla. If she hears this, hello. <laughs> no, I would love to meet her one day. Actually, we follow each other on Instagram, and I, I keep up with her. But when I see her physique, I'm like, she is, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, when I first saw her, I was like, she is massive up top, like, in a good way. Like, yeah. she's absolutely jacked. But I was like, is that too big for bikini? But it's because it's is not that the overpowered. way it's, it's it's not because the, she's balanced because I yeah. think I think because her because the way she's shaped and because it I mean, I've never met her in person, but she looks taller. Yeah. I think that with her being taller, she can pull it off almost like a Phoebe Hagen, if that makes sense. And yeah. Phoebe just went to the Olympia. I think she was seventh at the Olympia. Okay. So um, but yeah, just like that very, very muscular look. But like you said, bikini is not getting any smaller. They these girls are very muscular. Right. And, you know, you should be looking at the national level competitors um, or above 
for your inspiration um, because I think that some of these regional shows, the judges ultimately have to reward what shows up. And some of the smaller shows just kind of give you a, uh, a little bit incorrect view on what they're looking for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because the criteria that's up there isn't exactly what they're looking for. Yep. Um, but that's, that's a pretty general statement because there are some competitive damn com- uh, divisions. I know North I you were Coast. Say something else. I was <laughs> oh. like, "Oh, go ahead, Trevor. Go yeah. ahead." <laughs> <laughs> but um, there are some very competitive uh, divisions of very competitive shows. Oh, yeah. um, Actually, North Coast. I remember my first year at North Coast, and when I when I won my class, I was so shocked. There were so many girls in my class. Like, there were, like, 15 yeah, or 20 girls in my class. And these girls were, I mean, they were, it was very competitive. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. very competitive, um, you know. I, I don't know. Like, looking back at it, it's funny because I think my weak point is, like, my waist. It's, I feel like everyone gets a small waist when they diet down, but I feel like my waist just doesn't just want. Just tastes the same. My waist is, like, no. Whereas most girls have, str- like, struggles, um, like, losing body fat off of their glutes. Right. Me, I got glutes three weeks into my prep. But that oh, yeah. waist, though, the, <laughs> the waist, waist is things. just hanging on for dear life. <laughs> that's so funny how everybody loses things just a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's funny, though, because it's it's interesting when you look at it because it's like that's what the judges are looking for. Like, I mean, yeah, everyone has this. I mean, I wasn't I didn't have a, a thick waist or anything like that. It's just that I struggle to lose body fat in my waist. Yeah. It's just, just the last to come my... off there. Mm-hmm. So oh, interesting. Um, as far as physically ready. Um, your metabolism, that should be something you should look at, right? So if you've been chronically dieting for a long time, is it now the time to start a contest prep? Probably not. Or no, No. sir. (laughs) Yeah. No, like we got to be coming out of an improvement season, a metabolic repair phase at least, um, because you can only pull from food that you're eating, right? So if you're already eating low, um, then we got to spend some time working that up. That's why I'm like a garbage disposal in my off season heard that yeah <laughs> within reason but yeah i think it but was, no seriously uh, when i when i go out for my cheat meals uh my free meals we should call them free meals not cheat yeah. meals. but whenever i go out for my free meal like that's what i think i'm like yeah this metabolism like, yeah <laughs> i'm like that kid from the sandlot with the bag of spaghetti he's just like <laughs> talking, I'm, he's like i'm trying to boost my metabolism <laughs> yeah it's true though you can't pull from food that you're not eating right you know so like what do you think okay this is kind of off topic but i have a question for you what do you think about... Oh, this actually kind of ties into what my question was earlier. Okay. It's coming yeah. back to me now. So what do you think about people that stay... So there's a specific coach, very, very high-level coach, um, who recommends or he talks about people not going over, I think, 10 to 15% of their body weight. So like if your stage weight's like 120, I think... I'd have to do the math. I think you're... I think he said maybe like 130 or 140 is your is your maximum. I guess... That's a tough way to put it. So I, yeah. I can't really throw numbers right now without thinking about it too hard. But what I'm saying is, what do you think about people that want to stay super lean in their off season? Because like I feel like some people they're just genetically designed like that. Like they just naturally they stay lean. Kayla Ashworth just lean and jacked all the time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Her prep. I mean, I know she was eating a lot towards the end of her um, prep when she got her pro card. But what do you think about that? Because like, I feel like so, a lot of people like metabol. What if metabolically they're okay? Like they're fine. Yeah. But they still want to stay really, really lean. So I think ultimately it comes down to uh, their body type. Mm-hmm. And it, so if they put on body fat really easily, um, but they grow muscle well, then that's somebody we can keep food fairly low. 
as long as we're cons- consistently seeing body weight increases, like muscle growth, yeah, um, and gym performances there. Um, so after you reverse out of a con, now this is assuming that your thyroid hormone isn't downregulated. You don't have low test, right? You don't have any kind of hormone issues because of your dieting, right? right. So we're saying that you're lean, but healthy. Right. Um, I don't think it's a requirement to put on body fat, but it could limit somebody who doesn't grow muscle very well, right? But mm-hmm. loses body fat easy. So that person who's a little bit just lean and jacked all the time to that person, I'm telling you, we got to start pounding food. So if it's ultimately pretty individual. So if you're not eating enough and you're not growing, if your numbers are not going up and you're not actively putting on tissue, then you simply just have to eat more. Um, And becoming softer in the off season or the improvement season, it's just part of it. Um, but I also think that some people use this as an excuse to get fat too. Right. Um, cause I think there's a limit. That's why I was very skeptical when I was like, oh yeah, I'm like a human garbage disposal. Like it's a joke. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I have But it's controlled though, right? It is, it's so, very like, controlled. You, at yeah. the end of the week and you, you look back and you're like, holy shit, I got soft. Yeah. You're probably not going to repeat that. I mean, oh no, absolutely. And that's, that's one of the things it's like, you know, Kev, Kev gives me a little bit more freedom in my, in my improvement season, my off season, because especially with me having my son and stuff, like I know not everything has to be centered around food, but I feel like to some degree, I don't want my son to see mommy always dieting, always watching her food. Like, and I, yeah. and same with I, if I had a daughter, I don't want them to you feel them like to they have, have a healthy to do relationship the same. with food. I want him to see me having a healthy relationship with food where he's like, hey, mommy eats chicken and rice, you know, for most of her meals. But if we want ice cream, we can get ice cream. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Because it's, you know, and there's days where I might give myself an extra free meal and I track my weight, my weight, you know, if my weight's not going up, then I'm like, okay, I'm good. But if I wake up and I'm a few pounds heavier, you know, over the next couple of days or so, then. You're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna chill out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, free meals are important for the psyche. Like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. We but might you should feel about guilty it, about like, taking them. Yeah, you know, but especially if, if it's eating, in your like especially if it's in your program. Yeah, like if I'm telling you eat a free meal and you're not eating a free meal. Oh, I'm gonna devour everything in sight. Eat a free meal. <laughs> just kidding. You know? Just yeah. kidding. No, that's why you know I feel like that's a th- that should be covered probably on a specific like a very specific um, episode because yeah. I think it's important for people to understand that like. It's not how it used to be where you, you're in a bulk, like a full-on bulking season, if that right. makes sense. You don't just devour everything and force-feed pizza and wings. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is you should be able to enjoy one or two free meals a week with your family or with your friends. Like, you should be able to um, do that and not feel pressured or feel guilty about it. Um, but like you said, it's not an excuse to get fat in the off season. If you're, you know, if your body fat, if you start getting in, in like crazy inflammation and you can see that you're visibly putting on body fat, that's when you need to pull back. Right. But I think that at least for myself, I noticed that having that balance for me, that's what keeps me sane when I'm in prep. And I think that was part yeah. of the reason I had issues this past prep because I really didn't give myself that freedom. In so my last I think just season. having things that are eternally off limits makes us want them more and more. Oh, absolutely. Right? So like if I said to you that I could never have ice cream again, I would crave ice cream so just bad. Just because you can't have it. Just because I can't have yeah. it. Right? So like um, if there's something that you want to eat, if you're on plan and your plan calls for a free meal, that's the purpose for that free meal. Yeah. And there's also some – you know, upregulation in your metabolism that happens from that meal. And 
depending who you talk to, you're going to hear different opinions on that, but uh, on how much you're going to get. But having a free meal or, or a refeed is, is really beneficial. Yeah. Well, I, um, think, I think that's what... In the right context. Of course, yeah. And I think, like, I mean, I don't get free meals and prep ever. Like, yeah. It's a very calculated refeed. We well, do specific right. amounts of Same rice. Thing. And if we're it's in usually prep. rice and MCT oil. And I want to find what carbs work with you because mm-hmm. I'm trying to mimic peak week, right? Yeah, and I'm sure. also trying to know what foods I can bring with me backstage mm-hmm. if we need, you know, not necessarily backstage, but what you know. foods to use on peak like week that you up. digest well, right? So, like, if we want to carb load because we need to, to fill you out and we go to Swedish fish and <laughs> that hasn't been in your program all of a sudden you, you're bloated and you feel like shit. Spill over. Right, or yeah. spill out. You know what I mean? I want to know what foods we used and how that digested and how many carbs it took to fill you. Why um, does Swedish fish sound so good right I now? I know. Like, after you just said that, I'm like, damn, I haven't had Swedish fish in a hot I minute. I know. That's what just came to my head, and I was like, boy, that sounds good. So Swedish fish after the podcast? Yeah, Swedish fish post, <laughs> post-workout. That's a whole other one, insulin. Oh, yeah. Like using your endogenous insulin. Um. Okay, so hormones and health markers. So making sure everything's within range here. Um, and this all also goes into enhancement. So um, I'm just going to keep this part of it short. But if you are an enhanced competitor and you're coming off of a push phase, it's not the time to go into contest prep because we're going to have to titrate things up. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need to implement a health phase prior to a contest prep where you're low androgens. So if you're male, you're on, you're on replacement dosages, uh, female basically off or on growth hormone only or their level of HRT, um, preferably prescribed by a doctor. Um, so then when you do go into that contest prep, you're going to be in a safe position to push things up. Um, it's, it's a matter of risk management. Um, other health markers, if you have high blood pressure, um, if you have a high resting metabolic rate, um, these are things you want to address long before you go into contest prep. Um, they're not going to get better in contest prep. It's just the reality. You're, so uh, if cortisol is fucked up, we need to handle that now. I'm so guilty. <laughs> yeah, the, but that's the purpose of an improvement season. Yeah. Um, because we are taking this race car hard around that track during prep. Right, we need to take it back and put it in the shop and make sure everything's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to making sure your body fat is within a reasonable range. Right, so are you within your your stage weight? Mm-hmm. Is that reasonable? So, what would you say is reasonable? Like on the higher end for like now, I always I default to bikini because I know yeah. you, you have bikini. You had a wellness girl. Right. Yeah. Oh, did she do wellness or did she do figure? Well, we're, she did figure. She okay. did figure. I but I have, I have a couple of wellness right now that are okay. in, in improvement seasons. But so, um, what would you say is like an acceptable body fat percentage, or um, you know, a lot of people think of it in pounds. Yeah. And what you know, have you have you ever implemented like DEXA scans or anything like that? I'm curious. So to know your I've process. used a few. The best way to do it is just visuals, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but I also like using, if I can get to that client, I will measure uh, skin folds. So I'll do a Perillo nine-site me- nine measurement. And that gives me an average body fat, but it's not going to be perfect. But what I do have 
is I'll choose the three st- uh, thickest skin folds. Mm-hmm. So like a lower back, the glute, and, and the chest or, or something like that. Yeah. And I'll just track those. And I'll only have those. So that doesn't translate to body fat. That doesn't translate to anything. It just tells me the thickest, fattiest points, how thick they are. Gotcha. So then I can track the thickness of those. Okay. Um, but I have used client or had clients that got DEXA stands and we, we send those in. That's pretty badass. I want to do, I've never that. done one myself, but I would actually be so curious to yeah. know what my, cause I'm at my maintenance weight right now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm right where I usually am in my improvement season, mm-hmm. which is about 145 stage weights, about 125. Yeah. So, so I'm just curious to know. as far as like, um, contest prep weight goes, I would say that you should be within, so if you're going to do a 20 week prep, we got to be within, you know, 20 pounds, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and that's going to be, we can extend that a little bit mm-hmm. because I can push pretty hard and we can pull a few pounds a week. Um, but I really like to give a pound a week because in a 20 week prep, we, we got to think for, uh, two weeks of that's going to be, uh, some, adaptation that happens is going to slow us down mm-hmm. then we have a week of peak week and we have all these things right yeah. so 20 weeks is like i don't know 15 so um i'd like to be pretty close so uh for example the people that are coming up to compete um next april um right now i'm pulling them down i'm pulling their body fat down hard so you're doing like a mini cut is yeah we're doing, doing a okay. mini cut and then what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time and we're going to work their calories up all the way until we're about 20 weeks out so which would be like january I think. yeah about, january late december yeah yeah okay somewhere around then maybe november 11th i have some people going in contest prep okay um that's 20 24 weeks out, I think, on that one, because we have a little bit more to go. But so I'm doing a mini cut, a metabolic phase, and then we're going to cut for real, right? So that comes down to is your body fat within a reasonable range, right? So um, for some of these people, uh, for me on my first prep, um, it took me, well, to set myself up for my first prep, the time that I decided to I want to compete and the time that I did, I mean, it was a couple of years. Because I knew I had to grow. I had to lose fat. I remember like hearing that you were in prep and I was like, what? He didn't even tell me he was in prep. Like I didn't even know you were in prep at the time. Yeah. Just sending it. Send it. Full send. (laughs) Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, uh, is your body fat within a reasonable range? I think that's somewhere, you know, around a pound a week for the amount of time that you want to prep for. Sure. Um, and then do you have the shape required for the division? So, what, what do you have to say here about this, Tatiana? Oh, Trevor, you know how I feel about talking oh, divisions. Um, so my personal opinion is that your division is a uniform, okay? Um, now, I'm not a coach by any means, but I've, I've done so much of my own research on the sport. I've, you know, I, pay, I pay attention. Let's put it that way. I yeah. pay attention. I think there are very few people that are um, on that, like, cusp to where they could either train up for so for example there's some bikini girls who their legs are just slightly too big for bikini right so the again right. very few people and we're talking about muscular development not off season legs like yeah where some if, girls get thick legs in off season but yeah because I've I've heard it you know, I'm wellness I'm wellness I'm wellness and looking then you like die stage down, shows and you're like you're not wellness or even you look at their stage shots from their bikini 
show or their wellness and you're like no mm-hmm. you're actually bikini you're just not yeah you didn't finish getting conditioned you didn't condition all the way to the yeah to the standard and that's i think so i'm very hard stance on that when i say your your division is a uniform there are select few people that have the genetics that they are just on that borderline to where they could be wellness but I think that right now wellness is like the hot new division still, and like yeah, it's, everybody it's the wants to, it's like classic like, physique. Like everybody wants to do classic physique. Oh, that's because everyone wants to be C bum. But like guilty, well, obviously. Like why wouldn't they? Like like yeah. look at him. He is a, a god. Yeah, he, he is a demigod. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. I feel like a lot of girls they're they're very much so um, bikini, but they want to be wellness, or like you said, they didn't condition down enough. You need to be going off of what your muscular development is. If you yeah. are not developed in your legs, and that's the thing too, is like some of these bikini girls are starting to grow some crazy legs. That's not bikini. You are mini wellness at that point. So right. you have to make that decision with your coach um, because let's be honest here, wellness is not a natural division. No. Right? So the, and if you're in the OCB, then yes, but we're talking NPC right now. Wellness is not a natural division. If you want to do well in the wellness division, you you will have to be on something. Right? Now, what yeah. what you choose to do is between you and your coach, but you cannot do that naturally. Nope. And so I think if you are one of those people, and again, there's a very select few. So that's a conversation you need to have with your coach, but you also need to do your own research as well, in your my opinion. Your own research. And your, your coach should be educating you on this as well. But some so, coaches don't, and that's really unfortunate, and I've seen that a lot. A lot of coaches, they don't give their athletes guidance. They just say, oh, you want to yeah. do wellness? Sure, we'll do wellness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not to be weird, but, like, I had somebody um, – I did, like, a and a on my Instagram. It was an, an anonymous um, message, and someone said, have you ever thought about doing wellness? And Trevor, like – You've seen um, my legs. Yeah, uh, I mean, no, you're, like you're I'm bikini. in off season and my legs look too small for bikini. So yeah. like I, I have to train so hard just to get my legs to Your grow shape slightly. says bikini. You're, yeah. That's. And the, the amount of gear I would have to be on to train up for wellness. And I'm not saying, look, I have nothing bad to say about people that do that because I'm not a natural bikini competitor and I'm very honest about that. Right. But it's just, it's not my body type. I'm, you know, I have long towers for legs. That's yeah. not my body type. I'm not going to be able to grow that much muscle. Yeah, it's not. I'm not built. It's for not it. to say that you couldn't in over ten years develop something like that. But okay, what's the benefit of that? Because now you're putting yourself at so much risk. For, well, and I also I want to go pro. I want to compete as a pro one day. Yeah, so you want to give yourself the best advantage possible. Exactly. So if Why you would shape, I? If you fit bikini, let's become the best bikini. You know, and if yeah. you fit figure, let's become the best figure competitor. Absolutely. So it's like you got to play your strengths. You know, yeah. take it and run with it. Like. There was a point in time where I tossed up the idea of doing figure because I just I love I love training my upper body. The lat I spread was, though. The lat spread. Listen, <laughs> listen. You might catch me in a figure bikini one day, but like it's one of those things that like you know I've I've thought about it. I tossed the idea, but I can't grow my arms. My lats massive. Can't grow arms. Yeah. You know, delts are okay. Yeah. But like I'd have to again. I'd have to grow but so much. But for bikini, like if you overgrow your biceps, it's gonna get rid of Ex- your delts. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So like you. The, well, my lats are almost too big. I've had to pull down my back training. Oh, like shit. I've had to. I've had to. Yeah. Like I've had to pull back just that a little dude. bit because when I was going over my um my pictures from my most recent prep. I was like, yo, my lats are massive. Like, they're, like, hanging over the back of my bikini. And that's when I realized. I'm like, okay, I might be. All right. Maybe All right. I took this too far. The and the pull downs but, but you know what I mean? Like, I thought about tossing up the idea of it. But I have I have nice tie-ins. I do. They're yeah. not, I mean, they're not, you know, the God's greatest gift right now. But, like, you know, I worked hard for those tie-ins. And I have, you know, I am a bikini physique. When I look at my physique, I am very much so yeah. bikini. Agreed. Like, 
you know, Agreed. and it's the thing is, do I think it's cool to do another? Would I think it would be cool to do another division? Absolutely. But yeah. that's not what I'm built for. So my, my uniform is bikini. Yeah. So my first show, I, I, I did classic physique and I did bodybuilding. Um, and up until recently, I was still holding on to this dream of being a classic physique competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, but my big old boxy waist <laughs> just doesn't it's not that agree boxy, with but it. But I, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But, but when yeah, you're in I'm a comparison. Dramatic, but yeah, I'm doing a comparison. comparison. Yeah. So what, what fits me best? What I Should I try to do classic physique because I like it better and get smoked? Or should I lean into my genetics and, okay. and become a bodybuilder? You know what I'm saying? The genetics. Yeah, yeah I just strengths. lean into it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, um, so that's... My thoughts on on that. So, in, in do you have the shape? Do you have enough of the shape? So, if your division is bodybuilding, do you have enough muscle? You know what I mean. It, do we or do we need another off season or a little bit more time and improvement season? Because we don't want to do this just to fuck around. You know what I mean. I was gonna say that that was. I was literally just gonna say it depends on your goals. Some yeah. people they just want to do it to say they did it, and that's yeah. fine. But if you actually want to do well, or if you want to one day go pro. You have to sacrifice what you want now for what you want most. Right. And so even if you want to do this one time, like to the bucket lister, I'll tell tell you this. Like, so if you're only going to do it one time, then it doesn't really matter if you do it now or you do it in two years. What's going to matter is what your grandkids are looking at, <laughs> right? Do you want yeah. big old fucking boulder shoulders in that picture (laughs) or do you want what you have right now yeah you know what i mean so build something you're proud of before you go into a contest prep um especially if you only do it once and that placing sticks with you right you know what i mean yeah that's yeah and and your placing doesn't determine your win or loss because no you know this is a very individual sport but um so today we talked about all kinds of stuff this was awesome so Yeah, so we talked a little bit about relationships and finances, your schedule, uh, metabolism, all getting your body set up for for contest prep. I like that you shared your experiences, too. I like that we were able to share a little bit of our experiences. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to be kind of real with people. So uh, is there anything, any final words you have for us, Tatiana? Oh, my words of wisdom. Um, Oh, my gosh, it's going to sound so cliche. It's just... You know, enjoy every bit of it. You know, I actually, okay, this is so stupid. Oh my God. <laughs> but I'm look, I'm going to be vulnerable for a minute. So, um, I think it was yesterday. I had a, I had a lot going on yesterday was a really busy day for me. Um, oh yeah, it was in the gym actually. It was in the gym. Um, and I just started thinking, I kind of got emotional in a weird way. Um, because I was thinking like, damn, one day I'm going to have to give this up. I actually was going over, um, Gilco Productions on Instagram is the the handle, but they posted some of the people that were like the ninety plus division and masters. Yeah, and did you see some of those? Yes, and I, was I was show, like, I was showing Megan this morning. I was like, so, look at this baller. He's so, ninety fucking years old. So There's twenty five year olds that don't look that good. No, it was so wild, and like I was looking at it, and I I got emotional because I was like thinking, I'm like, damn, one day I'm gonna have to hang up the heels, and. It just kind of, it gave me a different level of appreciation because I think we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's so easy to get wrapped up. And just like, checking oh, boxes. Do, yeah, like, oh, I got to do my cardio now. 
I, I think everyone's cool with training. I think cardio is the one that most people, yeah. like I don't run unless something's chasing me, Trevor. Like, unless that. I'm in prep, you won't catch me doing cardio. Yeah, I ran a little twice bit. A year Kev in has me Corps. doing some cardio. Me too. Yeah, right. So like Kev has me doing some cardio in my plan, but I track my steps. Um, I go for walks. Me and little Sky will go out and play on the playground. Like that's I do that for my cardio. And you know, a couple times a week I'll get on the elliptical just to kind of get moving, keep my heart healthy. But you know, like you said, we're just kind of checking boxes because we're so stuck in our day to day. And I think that the one thing that, you know, those of us who are really passionate about this sport, we we feel it. We feel connected to it. We feel like it's a part of who we are. But just also understand that, you know, one day it's going to be time to hang up the heels, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's like, it's a very rude awakening when you think of it. Because, you know, for the last, and it's only been three years, but I was an athlete my whole life. Right. Um, and I, I kind of started feeling the same emotions that I felt when I graduated from college. And I was done cheerleading. And I was like... I remember the last time I was on the mat, which was at um, NCA Nationals in Daytona, Florida. And I just remember, like, I, I mean, I cried so hard. Like, it's so funny because, like, you you know me. I'm yeah. really not a crier all like that. No. Like, I'm really um, – I have this, like, facade. I'm just kind of like, you know. But yeah, I'm, I'm an emotional person. I really am. Um, and I just – I remember I felt, like, that kind of a feeling of, like, damn, like, one day will be my last day on stage. So it just kind of, like – it set in to me that I was like, I need to give this everything I've got. And you know, not every day is going to be perfect. We all know that shit happens. Like I fuck stuff up sometimes. Like I'm, you know, I'm never going to claim to be perfect. I'm never going to say I'm the perfect athlete because I'm not, but I'm going to do my best to be my best. And I'm going to yeah. do the best that I can to be as close to perfect. We'll do the as best I can. to continue to improve, to keep learning. Yeah. It's, and you know, they say 1% better every day. Like that's, it's so true because you know, there's yes. days where, there's days where I'm, you know, I start. almost four times better every year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know. It's just, I, sorry, I didn't mean to ramble, but I was thinking about it and it made me emotional because I was like, damn, one day I'm, I'm going to be done with this. And it's not, I mean, I, I still think that to some degree I'll always be involved with the sport because I really am so passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and even if, even if I never go pro, like, I feel like I don't, I don't ever want to hang my heels up, but I know one day that day is going to come. And so I'm going to give it my all now, you know? I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being here, Tatiana. Thank you for having me. <laughs> what an awesome podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will talk to you soon. This was episode one, setting the stage for contest prep. <laughs>